Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 35 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage Late Night Razor. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 120 of WrestleTopia draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW winds down. And once again, AEW Rampage aired at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast, 2.30 Pacific on the West Coast. So what a crazy time to watch wrestling once again on a Friday afternoon. Afternoon as we kick things off, taped from the UBS Arena in Long Island, New York, with a six man tag team match in progress featuring the Death Triangles, Pintor Oscuro, Ray Phoenix, and the Bastard Pack versus the Butcher, the Blade, and Mark Quinn representing the Andrade family office. And I thought this was a solid match, which saw AFO dominate early on. We had some great action between Ray Phoenix and Mark Quinn in particular, as Quinn delivered a nice Huracarana to Phoenix, followed by a missile dropkick by launching off the chest of Ray Phoenix. Phoenix to deliver the move. Ray, of course, is always creative in the ring with a Tonilo into an arm drag at one point to Mark Quinn. But thanks to some outside chicanery from the Butcher and the Blade, Ray took a nasty spill on the outside as we go picture in picture. We come back and the Andrade family office is still dominating Ray Phoenix after we come back from the picture in picture commercial break as Mark Quinn lands a 450 splash on Ray for a near fall that is broken up by the Bastard Pack. And Mark Quinn, with an assist from the Blade, is able to wipe out Pentara Oscuro and Pack with a flip dive on the outside while the Butcher lays out Phoenix with a lariat for a close near fall. Phoenix responds with a rolling Huracarana and a back heel kick a short time later. Penta gets the hot tag and he delivers a spike Rana to the Butcher and from there the Death Triangle are back on offense as Pac has a series of kicks on Quinn followed by a pair of German suplexes and from there Pinto Oscuro and Ray Phoenix drop Mark Quinn with the Fear Factor from the top rope and they take out the Butcher and the Blade with a pair of dives on the outside which allows Pac to hit the Black Arrow on Mark Quinn and pick up the win for his team a very fun six-man tag team match to kick off Rampage and the lights go off inside the UBS Arena in Long Island, New York, a.k.a. Bizarro World, and the lights come back on, and we've got the House of Black standing across from the Death Triangle, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews giving the crew the eye, and they disappear into the night as the opening segment of Rampage comes to an end. So I really enjoyed the tease of what should be an absolutely batshit crazy trios match at Double or Nothing in a few weeks' time on pay-per-view. Next up is Sean Spears, the chairman, and apparently the giant killer going up against Bear Boulder. And Bear Boulder had moments against Sean Spears, even goes for 10 punches in the corner, but he gets lifted up by noted strongman Sean Spears. And Sean carries him to the center of the ring and hits due with a C4 for the dominant win. Very impressive victory by Sean Spears as he has a date with Wardlow inside of a steel cage after Wardlow receives his 10 lashings from MJF this Wednesday on Dynamite. And to add insult to injury, Spears whacks Bear Boulder in the back with a steel chair shot. And he is being built up strong for Wardlow. And I have stated this on this very show for months. The preferred outcome to any Sean Spears versus Wardlow match is 10 Power bombs in honor of Sean Spears' time in NXT as Ty Dillinger. He did the 10 moment this past Wednesday on Dynamite, but I need Spears to eat 10 power bombs during that steel cage match because that would be the ultimate closer toward Low Symphony. Next up is an Owen Hart Cup quarterfinals match featuring Riho versus Ruby Soho. And I gotta say, Riho was a little shady because when Ruby came out to Ruby Soho by Rancid, 
she plugged her ears. Riho, you shady little thing, but I love it. And I thought they had a really good quarterfinals match as Riho gave it to Ruby and Ruby was giving it to Riho in return. At one point, Ruby goes up top for a double foot stomp. Riho avoids it and she locks in a leg lock after blocking no future from Ruby. But Ruby breaks the hold by grabbing the ropes as we go to a picture-picture commercial break. We come back from the full commercial and Riho is back on offense. We see some highlights from the commercial break as Rio delivers a nice knee strike to Ruby and she follows things up by blocking a Russian leg sweep and goes for the Snapdragon suplex instead. For a near fall, both ladies eventually go to the top rope and jockey field position and Rio lands across body on Ruby. Ruby counters that into a cradle for a near fall and Rio responds with a beautiful crucifix bomb for a very close near fall. Ruby fires up. She hits a backdrop driver. Rio kicks out. She super kicks Rio. She kicks out still and Ruby says, fuck it. Blade Runner, one, two, three. She gets the win and she eliminates Rio from the Owen Hart Cup. And Ruby moves on to the semifinals. She will meet the winner of Red Velvet versus Chris Stantlander this upcoming Friday on Rampage. So I am looking forward to the next round. Ruby was great in this match. Rio is always a pro's pro. And I thought this was a great way to kick off the Owen Hart Cup this week on both the men and women's side. And we got Wild Card Wednesday coming up. The Joker's will be revealed for Samoa Joe and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And I cannot wait to see who's going to possibly debut and or return this Wednesday on Dynamite. And now it is time for our main event featuring Scorpio Sky versus Frankie Kazarian for the TNT Championship. And Scorpio Sky does not want Dan Lambert or Ego Ethan Page at ringside during this match. And this is an SCU love letter. Both guys know each other so well. They are blocking everything at first. No one's getting in the upper hand until Scorpio Sky lands a beautiful flip dive on the outside to Frankie Kazarian as we go picture in picture. We come back and the action is tense between both men as we have Frankie Kazarian. Here's Scorpio Sky with a slingshot Oklahoma roll for a near fall. He follows things up with the lariat as well. Kazarian goes for a springboard, but Sky catches him in the electric chair position and goes for a TKO, but Kazarian blocks that as well. Just great counter-wrestling from both men. And the turning point of this match was when Kazarian hits a slingshot cutter out of nowhere onto Scorpio Sky for a very close near fall, and he locks in the cross-face chicken wing. He is going to put Scorpio Sky to sleep. He locks it in, and Scorpio goes napping. But all but no as to him, we got Dan Lambert and Ego Ethan Page making their way down to the ring to cause a distraction. And behind the referee's back, Ego Ethan Page hits Kazarian in the back with the TNT Championship belt, and that allows Scorpio Sky on instinct to roll over and pin Kazarian, but Kazarian is able to get his shoulder up to break the pinfall attempt. And from there, both men are on their feet. And Scorpio Sky hits a TKO out of nowhere to retain the TNT Championship. And Scorpio Sky has no idea that he got help to retain the championship. And Frankie Kazarian is trying to tell him, dude, Eager Ethan Page hit me in the back with that championship. This was not a fair fight. And Eager Ethan Page grabs the mic and says, yeah, I did it. I cheated. I did it for you. I did it for the team. So who sided you on anyway? And Scorpio Sky is torn between his former tag team partner and his new team of Lambert and Ego Ethan Page. And he turns around and he hits Frankie Kazarian in the face with the TNT Championship belt. And we got Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti sitting at ringside with their AAA mixed tag team title belts watching as if, whoa, we told you so, Frankie. We told you Scorpio wasn't shit, which leads to Dan Lambert grabbing the mic and calling Ty Conti whorehousing to end Rampage on a tacky note. 
on top of the heel heat that Scorpio Sky produced by turning on Freaky Kazarian. And I was very perplexed by the end of the show because two weeks ago, Scorpio Sky was a made man in Philly via that ladder match for the TNT Championship. He beat Sammy Guevara, who was booed out of the building. Sammy and Ty are heels now. They've embraced that role completely. And Scorpio Sky is over as a babyface. He's meant to be a babyface. And we know the long game most likely is Ego Ethan Page versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Why complicate matters by having Scorpio Sky accept the help from Ego Ethan Page and then Scorpio turns to Freaky Kazarian? It makes Sammy and Ty look like prophets by the end of the show. It's very confusing booking. Of course, the fans are going to feel some kind of way about Sammy and Ty, but my goodness, Scorpio Sky should be a unanimous babyface. There should be no doubt about that. There should be doubts about where Ethan Page's true allegiance lies. That should be the long-term story, but to have Scorpio Sky throw everything in on this team is definitely a choice, and I don't like it. If you're building towards Sammy and Ty versus Scorpio Sky and perhaps Paige Van Zandt to double or nothing, then you need to have Paige Van Zandt and Scorpio Sky over as the clear babyface tag team. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If Ego's going to turn on Scorpio Sky, let it be whenever it's going to happen. But Scorpio Sky should be the guy to be cheered the most out of this crew and not be in a hill position at this point. I thought we learned that lesson a few weeks ago on Dynamite when he was over against Sammy Guevara to become the new TNT champion. That was the moment he was meant to have when he first won the championship nearly two months ago. And now look what happened. A squandered opportunity that can be salvaged if they get the booking together in the weeks to come. And all in all, I thought this was a solid rampage. The Long Island crowd was clearly tired by the time Rampage took place. Clearly, they spent all their energy cheering for their hometown hero, MJF. But in all seriousness, it was another fun way to spend a Friday afternoon hours before SmackDown on Fox. And I appreciate an easy breezy watch to get ready for Double or Nothing in a few weeks time from Las Vegas, Nevada. And the build is on. I love the return of motion graphics for pay-per-view events. And Dynamite is stacked this Wednesday. Wild Card Wednesday, and they could have a free night if there are no NBA playoff games because we got a couple of Game 7s going down Sunday. We got a Game 7 potentially Monday night, and that will be clear for Monday Night Raw. We'll see how it all turns out as the NBA and NHL playoffs continue to cause a frenzy in the world of professional wrestling. And now it is time to focus our attention on last night's Friday Night Smackdown on Fox going down live from the Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And I thought this was a very good episode of Smackdown, something I have not been able to say for a while now, but this was the most complete episode of SmackDown in quite some time as we kick things off with RK Bro, who gets a great ovation. Randy Orton is the man. He is over, over right now. And RK Bro's mission statement is pretty simple. They want to become the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. The Usos have been ducking this challenge for weeks now, and Roman Reigns is the only man that can make it happen. So Randy wants the big dog, the head Us, the head of the table, the undisputed Universal Champion to come out there to make this match official. 
Instead, we have noted Bloodline spokesperson Sami Zayn coming out wearing a Bloodline t-shirt to really add to a Sami the ass kisser nickname. I've named Sami Zayn so many things over the last few weeks. Sami the spy, Sami the snitch, Sami the informant, and now Sami the ass kisser. And as locker room leader, allegedly, Sami says, no, you can't get that match. You know, as someone that knows the Bloodline very well, They will answer your challenge in due time. But tonight isn't that night. And Riddle calls out Sammy's rusty colored hair and beard, which leads to a rusty chant. And Randy says, well, Sammy, are you Roman Reigns' errand boy? Do you speak for the bloodline? And if you do, maybe you a shot caller too. Maybe you can put yourself in a match against Riddle. And if Riddle beats you, then we get our unified tag team championship match against the Usos. And Sammy is like, well, we can do that match. Just not tonight. Maybe we can do it next week. And as Sammy scurries out of the ring, this leads to WWE official Adam Pearce coming out to say, no, Sammy, you're not going to duck this match tonight. You are speaking allegedly on behalf of Roman Reigns. And even though you don't carry any real power here, we're going to make the match official right now. And we got Sammy Zayn versus Riddle after the commercial break. And this was a very good match. And I think this might be the first time Riddle and Zayn ever had a match together in WWE. I could be mistaken, but I really enjoyed their chemistry last night as Riddle was going for the Broton early on. But Sami Zayn was able to get his knees up to block the move. And he immediately goes for the Haluva kick, but Riddle was able to avoid it. Riddle goes up top, but Zayn shoves him off the top rope and... Riddle goes flying to the barricade and lands hard on the floor as we go to commercial break. We come back and Sami Zayn is trying to slow down the pace in the ring. And we have a loud Riddle chant going on, courtesy of Randy Orton being the world's greatest cheerleader at ringside. And this leads to Riddle going up top to go for the avalanche RKO. But Zayn shows him off. And as Zayn's flying from the top rope, Riddle responds with a nasty final flash knee to Zayn for a very close near fall. From there, he goes for the bro to sleep, but Zayn hits a Mishinuku driver out of nowhere on Riddle for a near fall. He goes to taunt Randy Orton with a draping DDT, but Riddle is able to fight back and deliver a PK kick to Sammy at ringside, lifts him up for that draping DDT, goes for the RKO, but like the snake he is, Sammy Zayn is going to leave the ring to avoid the RKO and the subsequent loss, and Riddle goes after Sammy Zayn, and Zayn slams Riddle face first into the ring post and him over the barricade for good measure and he won last week by haluva kicking shisuke nakamura against the barricade and randy encourages riddle to get up beat the 10 count and riddle gets up at eight gets back in the ring to break the count and he fires up and hits a bow Derek on zane for the win the fans pop and randy is sitting on the top turnbuckle celebrating this win randy orton is the fucking best just living his best life and cheering on Riddle as Riddle hits Orton's signature spots, snap power slams, draping DDTs, RKOs out of nowhere. You gotta love it. And this tag team is in his own right now. And you gotta love what they're doing together as a duo. And as this is going on in the ring, we got Roman Reigns looking at the monitor, being very angry, saying, why are they on our show? We beat them on Sunday. This should be over and done with, but because they're issuing a challenge to you, Jimmy and Jay, 
You got to answer it. And Jimmy and Jay vow to give RK Bro their answer to this unified tag team championship challenge later in the show. I thought this was a great way to kick off SmackDown. RK Bro are super over right now. And Sami Zayn is the perfect shit stirrer behind the scenes. We did get a funny moment between Shisuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn after Zayn lost the match. And Shisuke basically told Sami, Roman Reigns is the head of the table and you are the table's ass. And I greatly appreciated that comment from Shisuke Nakamura. Throw some shade. But at the same time, I need Shisuke Nakamura and Roman Reigns to have a match on TV and or pay-per-view before the end of the summer for the Universal Championship. You've been teasing it since last year's Warrior Rumble. We need the match, even though the outcome is obvious. We need the match between Shin and Roman. WWE, stop playing around and just deliver at long last. Next up is Ronda Rousey issuing an open challenge for the SmackDown Championship. She refuses to call the belt the SmackDown Women's Championship. She's pretty adamant about it, and she's going to stick to her guns on that particular issue, which leads to Raquel Rodriguez coming out to accept this challenge, and she is more than game to face Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, which takes place after the commercial break. And I got to say, this match was better than expected, and in a surprise Raquel dominated the bulk of this match with fallaway slams, side slams, big boots, spinning Vader bomb, elbow drops for near falls. At one point, she's going for the Shagona bomb and Wanda is going for an arm bar, but Raquel shakes her off and big boots her for a very close near fall and Ronda is going through it. She goes for three Piper Pitts attempts and they all failed because Raquel has an answer for that particular move. But Ronda surprises Raquel with a roll-up for the win, and Ronda's smiling throughout the cover because she knows she had to be a little crafty to get the win. So I love that little attention to detail, and they shook hands after it was over. No heel turn from Raquel Rodriguez, which was a nice thing to see. And I really thought that both ladies delivered. Ronda and Raquel clicked. And if given more time, they could run it back in the very near future. And it should be noted that Shotzi and Aaliyah also wanted to crack at Ronda's championship, but they kind of prevented the other from getting the shot last night. And here's hoping this leads to a match between Aaliyah and Shotzi on SmackDown next week. The winner gets Ronda next. And I think that is a fair way to showcase the ladies properly on SmackDown as Charlotte Flair is going to be on a bit of a break as she is going to be marrying Andrade very soon. So congrats to her. And she'll be back later this summer, possibly going after Ronda Rousey again to regain her SmackDown Women's Championship. Next up is a segment involving Matt Cap Moss and Kayla Braxton as Matt Cap is very happy to have scored the biggest win of his career this past Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash against Happy Corbin. And Matt Cap throws shade at Corbin and his tattoos and his bald head and his fancy watch and the jokes that never landed for him. And he talks about his next aspirations in WWE, such as forming a mixed tag team with Sasha Banks and possibly climbing the ladder to become Mr. Money in the Bank. And before he could finish... Matt Cat Moss is attacked from behind by Happy Corbin as he gets whacked in the back with a steel chair. And Happy Corbin becomes evil Corbin, beating Matt Cap repeatedly with that steel chair. Then he wraps the chair around Matt Cap's neck. He grabs the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. And he's not going to break the trophy. Oh, no, 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 no. He is going to pick up the big ass trophy and pilmanize the neck of Matt Cap Moss. That was a gross act that had Pat McAfee on his feet in disgust. And then we got the stretcher jaw for Matt Cap 
during the commercial break and Happy Corbin is just laughing at Madcap's expense. And all I got to say is this. I thought this was a nice way for Corbin to get heat on Madcap Moss. Unfortunately, their feud is continuing, which sucks. But here's what I'm hoping. I am hoping that due to this dastardly attack by Happy Corbin, that Madcap Hatter Moss is no more after this. I keep saying that he is a very handsome man. He can make anything look good. Suspenders, short shorts, jumpsuits. He is a very good looking man. But to be taken seriously as a baby face, that can get over with the people he is going to have to be presented as a serious act. He has charisma. He has a skill set to be a top baby face on this show, which is sorely needed in this day and age. Repackage him. Give him traditional wrestling gear to wear. Let him maintain elements of the Madcap character, but revert him back to be Riddick Moss. He should not have anything associated with Happy Corbin with this new iteration whenever he debuts. That has got to be the end goal. That must be the reason why you pilmanize his neck. And he cannot come back in a week or two, sell it for a few weeks, then come back brand spanking new as Riddick fucking Moss, a guy that can get over as a serious star if given the opportunity. And you see it. We saw what he can do against Drew McIntyre, for example, and we saw glimmers of that against Happy Corbin, but the character in his current form is not going to be viable long-term. It is death to these fans. Yes, he got the WrestleMania pop of turning on him, but you need more than that, and he cannot survive with this gimmick as is. A change must happen, and there's hoping that being pilmanized last night is the first step in the rebirth of Riddick Moss moving forward. Next up is the women's tag team title match featuring the team of the reigning defending champions, Naomi and Sasha Banks versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. And I thought this was a good match as well, which saw Sasha Banks give it to Natalia early on with the head scissors followed by the Meteora for a close near fall. Shayna Baszler gets involved as we go to commercial break to take out Sasha Banks in the corner. We come back and Sasha Banks is being worked over by Natalia and Shayna Baszler. She gets dropped with a heart attack by the heels for a near fall. Sasha Banks is able to make it to her corner to make the tag to Naomi, but Naomi is put off the ring apron by Shayna Baszler, who's going to stump on the injured arm that she went after a couple of weeks ago and smacked and Naomi avoids the stump and that allows Sasha Banks to knee Shayna Baszler off the apron. Naomi gets a hot tag. She delivers a cross body to Shayna on the floor before getting her back in the ring to hit her panted offense. At one point, Shayna is able to roll up Naomi for a near fall with an assist from Natalia who was holding Shayna's legs on the ropes for leverage, but the referee catches Natalia red-handed and from there, Natty gets a hot tag and she goes after Naomi but gets caught into a near rinse-do cold breaker by Naomi and Sasha Banks Thanks for the win, but Natalia rolls through in a very slick spot and Naomi lands a full Nelson bomb on Natalia a short time later. Shayna gets involved once again, but Sasha lands a backstabber on her and that leads to Natty going for the sharpshooter, but Naomi rolls up Natty to retain the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. A very good match, a sleek finish by the babyface team, and all in all, great action to wrap up this feud, presumably for the titles for now, but it's very important that Sasha and Naomi have quality opponents for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I see a vision when it comes to Dewdrop and Nikki Ash being next in line, preferably as Piper Neffin and Nikki Cross. That would be the preferred name and dream team that would give Naomi and Sasha a one 
for their money. That could be great. We got a sampling of that this past Monday on Raw, but I need Nikki Ash to ditch the superhero gimmick once and for all, re-embrace Nikki Cross, do drop. They might keep the name because it's trademarked and it's theirs and that's whatever. But I want Dewdrop to be full on Piper Nevin and give Sasha and Naomi a run for their money to make stadium season a little bit more interesting as we head into Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and ultimately Clash at the Castle in Cardiff Wells. Next up is an awesome segment involving poor Drew Gulak who does not know what to do these days. He's been a backstage interviewer, a special guest timekeeper, a professional wrestler getting punked out by Gunther last week, and Ricochet offers words of wisdom. Look at me, dude. I could have given up a long time ago, but now I'm in a carnival champion. I'm living it up, and you too can have a career turnaround. And Gulak vows to not back down from Gunther the next time he sees him. And sure enough, as Drew Gulak turns a corner, he runs right into Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. And Ludwig says, what were you going to do the next time you saw Gunther? And Gunther got in Drew Gulak's face, shoved his ass against the door, ripped off his t-shirt and chopped the soul from this man's body. This was art. This was magnificent. And I... Keep saying that if you really want to get Gunther over and you really want to shine a spotlight on his greatness, give me a fully realized feud and match featuring Gunther and Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak is going to lose, but let Drew Gulak be the Drew Gulak that gave it to Brian Danielson a couple of years ago at Elimination Chamber. That guy can cook in the ring. One of the best in-ring technicians in the world, if given a fair opportunity. I'm just glad somebody woke up and realized that Drew Gulak is valuable on this show if he is in positions to succeed. And he's hoping he crosses paths with Gunther and the matchup is a bit more equal the second time around. Next up is Kofi Kingston versus Butch. This was another good match as Kofi started off hot with a missed drop kick to Butch. Butch responds by going for some joint manipulation, but going after the left arm of Kofi by bending the fingers back awkwardly, as well as the arm. Kofi does respond by booting Butch to the floor, and Xavier Woods picks up Kofi, places him on his shoulders, and plays the trombone at the same time as we go to commercial break. We come back, and Kofi's back on offense by landing a nice standing drop kick on Butch. He goes for the springboard clothesline, but Butch counters with the forearm strike. Kingston recovers and hits the SO for a close near fall. He goes for the double foot stomp into the trouble in paradise, but Rich Holland hops on the ring apron to distract Kofi. Xavier Woods pulls Rich Holland down, but he gets hit with a knee strike courtesy of Sheamus at ringside. Sheamus then gets on the apron. Kofi is able to boot Sheamus off the ring apron, but those distractions allow Bush to hit the bitter end on Kofi Kingston for the win. A good match, a shitty shenanigans field finish once again as the New Day needs a third man that Biggie can bless and anoint to be a part of this crew to even the odds. I keep saying this every single week. It's very reminiscent of the Jericho Appreciation Society going after Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz every other Wednesday on Dynamite. The numbers game is tedious. Five on three is never fun. And I'm not enjoying these three on two beatdowns, courtesy of Seamus Rich Holland and Butch to Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. It is just ugh at this point. And Butch runs through the crowd for a bit. Then he celebrates with his team on the main stage. And I guess Butch is having a good day and he won't be lost this week. But this never-ending feud needs to end. And I need Big E to bless the third man to help out his boys because they'll be getting bitched out week after week after week. 
as of late. And now it is time for our main event featuring the tribal chief, the head of the table, the reigning defending undisputed universal champion of the world, Roman Reigns alongside the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and their wise man, the special counsel, Paul Heyman. And Roman gets a tremendous ovation from the crowd as he tells the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to acknowledge him. And they do. And Roman says, we've been doing this for a while now. You know the routine. I smash him. I come out here on SmackDown and I tell you what's next. I smash Sean Cena at SummerSlam on a Saturday. I come out here on a Friday and I tell you what's next. I smash Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania Sunday. I come out here on Friday and I tell you what's next. WrestleMania Backlash, we smashed RK Bro and Drew McIntyre and there's nothing next after that. We're done. Nobody is on my level. Nobody can touch me right now. I'm unstoppable which leads to Randy Orton coming out alongside Riddle. RK-Bro is back in the house getting another fiery pop from the crowd. And Randy is on fucking fire on the mic as he basically talks his shit to Roman Reigns, tells him that you didn't smash John Cena. John Cena is 10 times the superstar you will ever be. So you can miss me with all that. And the fans pop at that line and Roman has a smug smirk on his face as Randy continues to go in on the bloodline and he tells Usos I know that there's two of you but you share one brain and maybe if you listen very slowly and carefully you will understand what I'm about to ask you Riddle and I want a shot at those Smackdown tag team titles we want to unify the Raw and Smackdown tag team titles to form one undisputed tag team championship Do you accept this challenge? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth to go full rush hour on this promo? And then he randomly tells Roman Reigns, oh, by the way, I just realized I'm taller than you too. Randy is the fucking best. And Jimmy Uso accepts the challenge and Jay says, yeah, we can do it. Not tonight though. We can do it next week and we will take those tag team titles, pair them with ours and we have all the gold in WWE. I got two titles. My bro got two titles. Roman Reigns got two titles. We all got the titles. And as Bloodline are standing in their truth, Riddle makes a very ballsy business decision by delivering a jumping knee to the face of the undisputed unified universal champion Roman Reigns that sends Roman rocking against the ropes Paul Heyman can't believe it the Usos are in shock at this brazenness Randy loves it and they stand tall to wrap up Smackdown and Roman shot a look at Riddle as if no you did not do this to me no you did not embarrass your tribal chief No, you did not try to humble the head of the table, the guy that's got all the gold in WWE. No, you did not try me. You shall pay for this. And I loved it because Roman talked shit about Riddle on Instagram this past Monday saying there were a whole lot of Hall of Famers in their match. And then there's Riddle. And Riddle did say he would get in Roman's face and he need him in the face to wrap up the show. I thought it was great. It was maybe some foreshadowing to what could be a potential title match down the line between Riddle and Roman Reigns. That could be a lot of fun on TV and or pay-per-view. So I loved the ending of the show, which will lead to finally the unified tag team championship match between the Usos and RK-Bro next Friday on SmackDown. Will we have a winner? 
Will there be a decisive finish? We'll see next Friday. I expect shenanigans if Roman decides to cash in his receipt on Riddle at the most inopportune time. And with that, this wraps up a very good episode of SmackDown on Fox. A much better effort from the last few weeks. A focused show. A show of really good wrestling action up and down the card. And a great backstage segment involving Gunther chopping the soul out of Drew Gulak. Which should lead to a rematch that should mean a wee bit more for Gulak, even though the outcome is academic. But a strong night for SmackDown to wrap up a pretty fun week in professional wrestling. And with that, this wraps up episode number 35 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Later Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestleTopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows. They're dropping this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do. Search WrestleTopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 121 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and your manic Monday. Stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. (laughs) 